Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to another episode of Three and Out. I'm your host, Sammy G, and it's alongside me as always is the Doc. Joined with uh, our executive producer, apparently who's now a an on-air personality, uh, Sean. Doc, guys, how are you guys doing tonight? Good, good, doing well. Glad to be back after you uh, bailed on us last week. Okay. Sean, <laughs> how about yourself? I'm doing great. Good, good. Yeah, I was at, uh, actually at the East-West Shrine game last week, so I do apologize. Uh, but great news is we're going to have uh, some guests on tonight, some phenomenal guests, uh, starting with uh, Dr. John Murray, uh, John F. Murray. He's one of the top sports psychologists in the country, uh, going to be talking to us and uh, about mental illness and mental health tonight, uh, especially in, in, in uh, after what's happened over at Washington State. Uh, it'd be good to uh, get some information on mental health and mental illness uh, from Dr. Murray. Also on the show tonight from Slippery Rock University, uh, the Division II uh, Defensive Lineman of the Year, the Gene Upshaw Lineman of the Year Award winner, and now also the NCAA SAC leader, all-time SAC leader out, out of all divisions. That's Division One FCS, Division Two, Three, and NAIA. He is now the leader. That is Marcus Martin. Uh, who was just playing in the East-West Shrine game this weekend. Mr. Versatility, we'll call him. Uh, he was all over the field, so we're going to have a pretty good show tonight. He will be joining us as well. Uh, tonight's show, sponsored by Piranha Grill, uh, 241 North US 1 in Ormond Beach, Florida. Uh, Piranha Grill, best wings and, and burgers in Ormond Beach and, and probably all of Volusia County. Um, get, get a chance to get over there, 386. The number there is 386-673-3336. Uh, great guys over there. Just want to give a shout out to Piranha Grill uh, for uh, for sponsoring the show tonight. Uh, I was over there for lunch today, and those guys were all just m- couldn't be more supportive of what we're doing, Doc. So uh, kudos to them. I don't, have you been over there before, Doc? I don't know if it was around when you were in Daytona, still. So. Uh, I, I think I have. It's, it's been a while, but uh, from, from what I hear, you're doing a little bit more than just having lunch over there. So, uh, yeah, I was working for the show. Yeah, you're right. I was having, <laughs> I was working for us, and uh, he was networking. Thank you. Yeah, they got they got quite the happy hour special over there, from what I hear. Uh, I, I, maybe uh, if for those who would partake in such things, I would say yes. Maybe they do. <laughs> uh, later on in the show, Doc, at the end of the show, if any callers want to give us a call, go ahead, give us the number, Doc. Yeah, give us a call, 657-383-1684. That's 657-383-1684. All things sports, college football, whatever you want to talk about, give us a call. And uh, anything you want to talk to our guests about tonight, feel free to give us a call. At the end of the show, uh, we're going to leave some time for for any of the callers that want to call in to try to win some of our gift certificates that we have uh, that we have from some of the local businesses in town. Uh, so feel free to give us a call. We're going to, what we're going to do is we're, if you call in, we're going to ask you a trivia question and we'll let maybe Sean or the doc can think of a trivia question. If you answer correctly, you'll have a chance to win one of our great gift certificates uh, from Jimmy Hula's uh, got a free gym membership from bodies by Tasso. 
Uh, we got Greektown Taverna, uh, Larry's Giant Subs. Uh, we'll also have passes to the uh, Museum of Arts and Sciences. You can take you and your family to see the, uh, the museum and the planetarium. Uh, so we have a bunch of bunch of cool, cool gifts to uh, give away to our listeners tonight. And the Doc and I have a huge announcement that we'll be making at the end of the show as well uh, in regard to the Three and Out show. So stay tuned and, 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 and start, uh, start listening because it's going to be a fun time tonight. Doc, let's uh, let's get started tonight, man. Did you uh, did you watch that NFL uh, experience this past weekend? Those playoff games, by chance? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. playoffs. <laughs> you kidding me? Playoffs? <laughs> anytime, I I can give a doc, anytime I can give a doc a reason to press that button, he loves it. Yeah, one of the all-time great sound uh, sound bites right there. Um, yeah, I did. I, I did. You had uh, you had one very good game and one uh, absolute stinker of a game, but uh, you know I, I did watch it. Um, obviously, uh, being Florida guys here, I was rooting for the uh the local uh, Jacksonville Jaguars uh, so I was very disappointed in that game but nonetheless it was they're both uh, at least the first game was very good well I got to tell you doc I grew up a Miami Dolphins fan here in in, in Daytona Beach uh obviously Dan Marino is is considered to be if you're a Dolphins fan you will always argue the fact that Dan Marino is the greatest quarterback of all time that being said I cannot be a bigger fan of Tom Brady and the New England Patriots I know it's probably the most odd thing to say, considering I'm a diehard Dolphins fan. But how can you just not like that guy? He is by far the best that's ever played that position. And I, you can argue that till the till the cows come home, Doc. But you know that game was being dominated. I'm sure that you would agree by the by the Jags early on, and it looked like the Jags were on for a romping uh, of the Patriots, but. You know, they took their foot off the gas in the second half. I don't. I think they started playing not to lose instead of playing to win. Uh, and unfortunately, they couldn't get enough for downs, and they left their defense on that field most of the second half. And they, those guys were gassed. Every time they scored, the defensive line, the linebackers, they were just gassed. And you can't leave Tom Brady with that much time and that many chances uh, to try to to try to win one with him. But Doc, what did you think about what do you think about Tom Brady first and foremost, and what did you think about the way the game was run? Yeah, I, I think there's no question that uh, Tom Brady has cemented himself as the uh, the greatest, uh, probably the greatest football player of all time. Um, you know, certainly the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't know if you saw that I tweeted out that this uh, mysterious hand injury that he supposedly had was actually him getting a finger implant so he could wear his six rings. Uh, after the season, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know. So, um, you know, and, and to to your point about uh, the Jaguars uh, taking the foot off the gas, um, ladies and gentlemen, you know, get... can I please have your attention? I've just been oh, handed an urgent and horrifying news story. There you go. Need... Yeah. So uh, the breaking news is for all you coaches and players and teams out there. Stop taking your foot off the gas pedal. Nothing pisses me off more. I got it. You saw, you saw Georgia do it. You saw the Jaguars do it. I mean, what you're doing is what you're doing is working. Stop. You know, it's it's almost like I, I call it prevent offense. You know, it's like what the hell. You know, keep doing what you're doing. They were doing those nice uh, those nice lateral passes um, and having success. They that they, they went away from that. They put all the 
the um, the weight on Leonard Fournette. He obviously wasn't uh, getting the yardage they needed, and they changed the whole offensive play calling in, in the second half because they were trying not to lose instead of trying to win, and that uh, just doesn't work. And God, it's so annoying to watch that happen. Yeah, no, that game. I mean, Jacksonville. I mean, this doctor up seventeen to ten going into the fourth quarter. I mean, they had a they had a pretty. I mean, fourteen to three at one point. And then they were up seventeen to ten at one point, and they they start the fourth quarter. They're still up seventeen to ten. They blank uh, New England in the third, and then they don't, they can only score six points in the whole second half. And then you give Tom Brady. How many chances do you want to give the greatest quarterback of all time? You can't do it. I mean, and for those who think that Tom Brady is not the greatest of all time, and you know, I'll argue this. And I'm and again, I'm a Dolphins fan, and it's hard for me to do this, but. Tom, it's not Tom Brady's not out there with superstars. There's a superstar on that offense. And Danny and Dole yeah. is not a superstar. Deion Lewis yeah, isn't yeah. a superstar. Gronkowski. Gronkowski was out. He was out. Yeah. He got hurt. He was out. Right. Their biggest weapon that wasn't even in the game. I mean, you could go back got, to all these years. Go ahead, go ahead, Doc. Well, you got Danny Amendola, who who was a free agent, not even drafted. Guy, the guy looks like uh, he belongs in Cooperstown uh, on on Sunday. You got right. uh, Julian Julian Edelman's obviously been out this season, but I think he played quarterback at like Kent State or something, if I'm not mistaken. He, yeah, I mean, he sure did. So you take you take players like this who have no business having the success, and you put put them with Tom Brady, and, and they're all pros. It, it it happens time and time again. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it, and listen again, you know. I'm going to go back years. I mean, think the only superstar that Tom Brady's had to throw to, in my opinion, was Randy Moss. And other than that, Deion Branch was a good receiver he had. But it's not like he's—it's not like he had Rice and Owens or or or, or Michael Irvin and Alvin Harper or you know, it's not like he had Jordy Nelson and and uh, you know uh, Randall Cobb, you or know, Super Duper. Yeah, or Clayton or Duper. Exactly right. It's not like he had those names to throw to. I mean, this guy's. Essentially, piece they've pieced together winner piece them piece they're all pieces there, there, there is no sustaining member except for Tom Brady in this whole group. I, I agree. I, I agree. Tom Brady is the greatest to do it at this position. The one thing I like about watching him is I'm a college guy, and an NFL when you're down 10, 14 points going into the fourth, not much time. It's usually a wrap. There's a few comebacks, but it's usually a wrap. In college football, you know you got to be up by like 21 with three minutes left to feel comfortable. Tom Brady is like that quarterback in college where hey, the last minute has you better be up by 14 with one minute to go with yeah. Tom Brady, or it's lights out. Yeah, no, he can he can come back and win it at any time. He just asked the Atlanta Falcons last year. They too thought they had it wrapped up in the Super Bowl, and, and then this guy named Tom Brady comes back and just go, goes to town on everybody. I mean, he's I mean, it's just – it's unbelievable what he did. And, you know, th- there was a lot of plays throughout that game that 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 didn't probably, you know, go well for some people. I know a lot of this week, Doc, a lot of people are complaining about the officiating in that game. Uh, I, 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 I didn't really see, think it was a bad, badly officiated game, did you? No, you know, I, I think the, the, the couple of plays that they had a hard time about, uh, you know, I think there was a pass interference on um, – uh, I had a kid from UCF. What's his name? A Bo 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 U or something? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that was a good call. I mean, he 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 touched him more than he should have. I think there were a couple of plays 
um, that they didn't call against uh, Jacksonville that actually went against uh, New England. So I think those those canceled out. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think the referee thinks an excuse. I mean, I think if you yeah, look at this, this if you, if you look at this game, uh, I think that the biggest probably, though, if you had one one or two plays as a Jaguar fan to really kind of sit there and shake your head about, um, it was uh, Blake Bortles getting a delay game coming out of a timeout and in, in the uh, before halftime. I mean, that that is inexcusable at this level for a professional quarterback to, to get a delay game coming out of a timeout. I mean, that, that shouldn't happen. That, that's, that was effectively a turnover because they had the first down, and then they turned, then they gave the ball back to New England and they went ahead and scored. And that was, that was basically the, the, the game, the game changer right there. Do you think doc that uh, Jacksonville should look for a replacement for Bortles? It's, it's an interesting question. Um, I think they picked up his option, if I'm correct, and I don't know exactly how this works, but his option was for $18 million. So it's effectively a million dollars a year next year. I don't think – sorry, a million dollars a game next year. I don't think he's a he's worth a million dollars a game. So they're going to either try to renegotiate that. I'm not sure how that exactly works. You've got um, you got some guys out there. Alex Smith um, I think could be a free agent. You've got – Drew Brees, unless New Orleans decides to wrap him up, could be a free agent. Um, you know, who knows what Minnesota's going to do with their three quarterbacks. You know, is Nick Foles. Uh, you know, I, there's a lot of lot of options out there. I, I don't know which direction they're going to go. It's going to be interesting to, to see. Well, one thing's for sure that we're not going to see is we're not going to see the Minnesota Vikings uh, in the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, well, I don't know what to say. I felt, you know who I felt bad that game? What? You know what I felt bad for? I felt, I felt bad for the, for the New Orleans Saints because I felt like they would have, they would have done better against Philadelphia than, than what the, uh, what the Minnesota Vikings showed uh, in that game. And uh, you know, listen, uh, Nick Foles, hats off to you, buddy. I, you know, the guy was a starter. So, you know, everyone keeps saying he's a backup, but this guy was a starter in the NFL for a couple of years. So. He knows what he's doing out there. He's not just—he's not green and out there just throwing the ball around blindly. Uh, and man, those guys—they have a phenomenal set of receivers on that team. Their defense, man, is just to the ball. I—I I can't believe that Minnesota allowed so many points. Uh, but you know, that's a hard place to play in Philadelphia. And man, it just did not go well for them up there uh, in Philadelphia for the Vikings. You know, Nick Foles is in a Pro Bowl, I believe, in uh, 2014 or 15. So he's no. Uh... You know, he's, he's no newcomer to the game. Um, you know, so he, the guy's got some skills. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be a very um, uh, high, highly rated Super Bowl coming up, in my opinion. I don't think I don't think people are really excited about this matchup, per se. But, um, you know, I was hoping to see Minnesota make it in just because they're, they're, it's in their home stadium. And no, no team has yeah. ever played in their home stadium for the Super Bowl. That, that would have been cool to see. Um, I'm not overly excited for the Super Bowl, and uh, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see how things unfold in the next few weeks. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I, I personally think that <laughs> you've heard me say this before. I just think uh, New England's offense is better than Philly's defense, so I, I just think they're going to put up points. And I mean, just look at J- Jackson. I mean, they had them figured out, but they didn't put their, you know, put their foot to the metal. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe uh, Philadelphia will do that, but. I just think if I think it's Tom, I think it's written for Tom. Tom's going to get his sixth ring, and 
you know, I think that's just the way it's going to go. I, I would, I, I'm guessing everybody's going to bet on Tom Brady here in the Super Bowl, uh, but you never know. Maybe the underdog will come through with it. But yeah, you know, the ja- Jacksonville. Speaking of not putting their uh, the foot in the gas, I mean, you know, taking a knee uh, with 55 seconds left in the first half and two timeouts. Um, I mean, I, I don't know any other team that's got a quarterback that they trust that would do that. So that that's not exactly a ringing endorsement for the. Um, for the franchise's feelings about Bortles, to, to answer Sean's question, I mean, if, if they didn't trust that he could go 30 yards in, in a minute with two timeouts to at least try a long field goal, then how do you trust him going into the next season? I mean, it's just uh, that to me was sort of kind of what was the, was the play that emphasized uh, the whole their whole thought process in the second half is. Again, they were playing not to lose instead of playing to win, and you're not going to beat Tom Brady playing not to lose. No, not definitely not. Doc, bigger you know, bigger news this week uh, as we move forward here uh, from the NFL. Let's uh, let's get into our college football. Uh, some of the biggest news, sad news, unfortunately, was the uh, untimely uh, death of Washington State quarterback Tyler Helensky, uh, who was found uh, in his apartment with a self-inflicted gunshot wound uh, earlier in the week. Um, or excuse me, I think believe it was last week now. Um, and uh, obviously, uh, a topic of discussion for us tonight uh, will be uh, our mental health. We're going to have uh, Dr. John Murray on here shortly uh, to help us talk about that. Um, Doc, I mean, you're, we're we're both around players all the time. We see different different guys all the time, and you know, everyone kind of reacts to everything differently. Um, well, what are your thoughts so far right now on on the on the tragedy uh, over there in uh, Pullman, Washington? Well, certainly you feel terrible for his family, his friends, his, his teammates. Uh, you know, I, I believe he was in line to, to be the starting quarterback. So, you know, it, it's, it's just shocking to, 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 to put this effort in all, all your life and, and get to the point where you're the starting quarterback at a Division One university, and, and that's the point you decide to, to do this. I mean, he just must have had some serious – things are going on, you know, to, to, to cause this to happen. And you can only – you hate to speculate. I know his brother is a highly recruited uh, quarterback um, who, who was tweeting that night to please pray for our family. So it's just, just devastating news for the entire um, Cougar family, um, you know, and you just got to wonder what exactly would lead someone to, to, to do that uh, at this point in their life. Yeah, you know, and it's sad because, you know – for people looking in on it, here you see this this nice looking kid got everything going for him. Starting quarterback at Washington State University, you never think that a guy like that has has any kind of uh, demons or mental mental uh, illnesses happening to him. Uh, you know, he kind of uh, you know is a guy who's from what I've read is always on smiling and always happy and upbeat. Uh, in fact, I, I read earlier, Doc, and I don't know if you saw this uh, or not, but uh, the morning or the, the afternoon or the morning before his uh, his untimely uh, suicide, um, he actually went on a run that morning and later he was trading text messages with some teammates setting up seven on seven drills uh, for later that afternoon. And then what happened was he missed a uh, a team uh, a weightlifting session. He didn't show for a team weightlifting session. Uh, the coaches couldn't find him. Uh, and then a, a teammate went over there to check on him and that's how they found him. Uh, mental health and mental illness is not something to be to be played around with. We're seeing it more and more. Uh, we're seeing it more and more right now with uh, 
with, with, with athletes, especially with CTE and whatnot. Um, you know, it's just, it's just something that we can't take too lightly. Uh, that's why we need to get information about it. Um, we need to, we need to have those tough discussions and, uh, we definitely need to uh, get some awareness of what's going on. Uh, in, in reason why we're bringing Dr. Murray on, uh, tonight is to, uh, to talk about it and kind of give us some information about, uh, about what's happening. Uh, and, uh, I believe doc, if I'm not mistaken, I believe we have Dr. Murray on the show. Is, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. We have Dr. John Murray, uh, on, on the show here with us. Dr. Murray, how are you, sir? This is Sammy G and the doc. Thanks for being on the three and out show tonight. Always a pleasure. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. How about you? Doing good down here in, uh, North Palm Beach, Florida today, tonight. How's the weather down there? It was a little, I'm in Central Florida. It was a little hotter up here. Was it hot down there today? No, it's actually kind of cool, but it, yeah, yeah, hot for the rest of the country, of course, but a little <laughs> bit rainy. So, it's, a, it's, all, it's all relative in Palm Beach there. I mean, 70 yeah. is, is a little bit cool down there. We've had some wacky weather. The last couple of weeks, It's got it's gotten down to like 30s, mid-30s, but then pops right back up to 70s. So, we shouldn't really be complaining. Well, Dr. Murray, we want to thank you again for coming on. Uh, for those who are listening, Dr. Murray uh, is a uh, is a renowned uh, sports psychologist. Uh, has written a few books. Has actually been been tabbed as the Roger Federer of sports psychologists and the Freud of football. Uh, also, uh, Dr. Murray uh, went to Loyola University, I believe, and then after later went to the University of Florida and then interned in, uh, at Washington State. And just happens that we're, we're we're actually talking about Tyler Helinski now, uh, Dr. Murray. Uh, so obviously we want to have you weigh in on that uh, on, on that whole situation, uh, if you don't mind, and kind of tell us what your thoughts are on that Tyler Helinski situation. It, it really is bizarre, and uh, of course I I would not reveal who I work with when, but I'm actually it's funny. I am working with somebody at Washington State. It's just kind of funny, ironic that. 20 years ago, when I was looking for an internship, that was the best place in the country. In fact, it was the only place in the country where I could get an APA-accredited, you know, uh, doctoral internship that was, you know, fully qualified to have at least a halftime rotation with sports psychology. It's the only one in the country. So I went all the way across the uh, the country. I was just married, and you know, spent a great year there doing my internship there. And then to find out they don't even have the program anymore. That sort of caught my attention. I, I think that the key with these types of issues, whether it's CTE, whether it's just depression, which tends to have a peak uh, of suicide at that early age, and also the older people tend to do that more often, who knows what that was. It, it would be a really early case of CTE. But my big contention, my big, uh, the thing that I'm trying to profess is that people need to be uh, identified early for their problems. They need to be uh, taken out of this not talk culture. You know, we need to understand that it's okay to, to, to express yourself and to talk about issues, but there needs to be some kind of change in terms of whether the administration, athletic director, the, the coaches, or, you know, just society as a whole takes mental health a lot more, a lot more seriously. And it's too bad that we have to wait until the latest suicide before we start talking about it again, but nothing ever gets done. So it's very, uh, very frustrating often to see the slow-moving uh, pace. 
Dr. Murray, hey, this is uh, uh, the doc. I'm an orthopedic surgeon who, who deals in the sports sports injuries. Can you maybe explain to uh, to the listeners a little bit? You mentioned CTE, and we're not trying to imply the young man had CTE because we, we don't have any knowledge of that. But uh, you know, hypothetically, um, you know, there certainly have been cases. Junior Seau, uh, Dave Dewerson, uh, you know, former athletes who. who have committed suicide, who have been found to have CTE. Can you maybe uh, explain to our listeners the, the, the correlation there and why that may be? Yeah, I, I'm certainly not an expert on CTE. I've seen the movie Concussion. I, I know that you know when we're talking about it, you're, you're, you're probably more qualified to talk about the particular uh, autopsy evaluations of brain tissue, but certainly you have behavioral and personality changes that lead to depression and uh, more aggressive types of behavior have been more prevalent. Of course, he was very young, and this might that would probably be one of the youngest cases ever diagnosed, and I don't even know if they're doing a full autopsy to figure that out. They probably should. Um, but, yeah, I think we're, the research is still, the, you know, we're still waiting to get, get the word on that, whether, you know, we can in the future possibly diagnose that while they're still alive. That would be terrific, obviously. But this chronic traumatic encephalopathy tends to, uh, to cause serious, serious changes in how people think and how they uh, – how their moods are, and you know, we know depression is obviously almost always the cause. Whether it's bipolar, de- you know, depression or just a regular depression, we all, we often have that when when somebody we almost always have that. I think I don't know what, what you think, but I don't I can't think of a suicide unless it was something you know to to you know to end their life. At, you know, when you're 85 years old and you're in pain, I can't think of anything like that that would not have a level of uh, of depression. But what might happen with with Tyler, he, he appeared always upbeat and happy. He might have been putting on a mask. He might have been in a bipolar episode. He might have been covering that up. Who knows what was going on? But the, the bottom line is we need people trying to figure that out when they're still there, when they're still alive, because we often have much more than meets the eye. You know, Dr. Murray, you know, it's a it's a tough conversation to have with somebody. I mean, nobody wants to admit they're they're, they're depressed. Nobody wants to admit that there's something wrong with them. Um, you know, it, I think, and I've always said this, and you know, I've reading reading more about you. I, I'm I'm sure you're probably on the same page, but I think there needs to be more psychological evaluation uh, for these kids when they get to school, obviously. Uh, but I think it needs to start in high school. I, I don't know if it needs to start uh, in college. Wow. I, you're you're singing you're singing to the choir. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I agree. <laughs> I agree. percent. Yeah, I think this is a high school situation, and as as freshmen in high school, and I think a lot of social social media and social life has kind of changed the way kids are thinking by the time they're in ninth grade. Uh, and, and, you know, again, we, you know, we, we kind of live life now through social media and these kids, especially, you know, they're seeing these guys that are acting like idiots on YouTube and they're listening to songs about all kinds of stuff. And it's kind of poisoning the kids' brains and, you know, it's kind of giving them, you know, sometimes they're happy that they're away. Sometimes they're sad that they don't look like Kim Kardashian. Sometimes the guys are, unhappy they don't look like Tom Brady or play, you know, like that. And I think it just is something that needs to be addressed early on. What are some, some symptoms maybe or some signs that maybe parents can kind of look at, uh, especially at such a young age to, to kind of, kind of like, you know, evaluate their, their kids. Well, you know, the basic question of depression and to, to kind of follow up on that, I, I don't think the, I mean, the NFL has a nice concussion protocol in place and they have a neurologist on the sidelines. But I, I really appreciate, as a medical doctor, I appreciate your endorsement of the idea that we also need to have a clinical sports psychologist in every locker room across the country, you know, whether it be hockey or 
basketball or football or, you know, whatever, the sports that have contact, certainly. Um, but what do you look for? You look for symptoms such as withdrawal. You look for things like uh, changes in behavior, more recent changes. You look for, uh, you know, when you're talking about, you know, we took whole courses actually at Washington State. I got a really cool uh, introduction to all the different, you know, symptoms and signs of potential suicide. You can never truly predict suicide. If somebody wants to kill themselves, they'll do it. But you can look for, you know, recent changes, people giving things away, people acting suddenly happy when they were depressed for a long time. Uh, the, the thing I'm looking for is somebody is not willing to talk and they've changed their behavior and they're withdrawing and they're maybe acting different. Um, you know, those are all possible things. Of course, you got the, the classic symptoms of depression, sad mood and hopelessness, helplessness, you know, worthlessness, guilt. There's a lot of symptoms that we look for too, but it really requires a professional there on the ground being able to offer that, reaching out to the, 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 the sports that might have the, you know, the problems, the, the more of the problems. That's what we did at Washington State when I was there. There was a sports psychologist in the, in the athletic department, actually, that was actually funded through that. And I was just the intern. It was a great place to kind of reach out, go out to the field, and, and you know, try to talk to these people, try to connect with some of the athletes. I don't believe that was going on there at the, at the time. I don't think they had anybody reaching out. So, again, we need to do more of that globally. Dr. Murray, it's the doc. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. You know, I, I've worked in some uh, Division One university uh, settings, and and we rely heavily on on, on our sports psychologists uh, with, with our athletes. Yeah, my question for you is: in today's society, it seems like the pressure to succeed in athletics is uh, kind of getting forced on kids that are younger and younger. You have these kids who who are doing travel baseball year round. You have these academies, uh, you know, IMG Academy and these academies that have homeschool. And it just seems like that the pressures are, are, are kind of being forced on younger kids. Do you see in your practice a, a shift towards a, a younger population kind of dealing with these things that maybe 20 years ago was, was you were seeing more in the uh, Division One professional athletes? Possibly so. I mean, and, and it's not just in, in contact sports like football. Uh, you have you know, tennis recruiting sites with a new system of rating the player. And I just think everything is more amped up, whether it, it whether people are, are feeling more pressure, who's to say that it's hard to make that kind of comparison across time. But I certainly think that it's like anything. It's like when the, the media took over, you know, more cable TV stations and more, you know, we turn on the, you know, 150 different channels. There, there's more coverage. Everything is being exposed more frequently and more intensely and so, and people also take advantage of that sometimes in the media. So I don't know. It's just, it's a good, good question. Certainly more than 40 years ago. I don't know about 20 years ago, but uh, yeah, I think the, the overall bottom line I'm trying to do is help people develop less identity foreclosure so that they don't only see themselves as athletes or professional athletes, but rather expand their repertoire of who they consider themselves to be, be a person, be a, a son, be a friend, be a teammate, be a, be a boyfriend, kind of open up, be a student, you know, open up their personality to many more possibilities than just putting it all in one basket. And if things go wrong through injury, which was, by the way, the, the topic of my dissertation at University of Florida, looking at the Florida uh, Gators national championship team in 96, I looked at the effect of injury and, stuff, and emotional factors. So I think the idea of, you know, kind of training them to be whole persons a little bit more than just what they have to be to be a great athlete is they have to put almost, they have to almost kind of, isolate themselves and do the things that are necessary to get to the top, but they they got to watch out for the other areas too and, and expand. 
I should uh, I should probably pick pick your brain on some of my good friends from that team like Noah Brendice and uh, Chris Doring and and see where uh, where things went wrong uh, 20 years ago with those guys. Wow, I, I really wouldn't know. I I was just I was able to get into the <laughs> locker room and training room. Uh, that's kind of funny. I, I guess you're joking with me. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't know yeah. anything about that. I just that's <laughs> funny. Hi, Dr. Murray. This is Sean. I'm the third wheel of this group. Um, Hi, Sean, my question third is. How you doing? My question is, are there any studies being made that are showing a possible genetic uh, link to suicide? And if so, how would you combat that? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think depression does have a genetic link. In fact, most of the major psychological disorders, as we've you know expanded our knowledge and as DSM-3 turned into four and so forth, so on further on, I, I think everybody would agree that the biological uh, contributions are clearly implicated, uh, but it's not just that. I mean, certainly there's a huge genetic component to the things like that. And how do you combat that? I think, again, there's ways to treat depression. There's ways to get people to open up, to try to express verbally rather than take their life with a gun. Um, but you're not going to change the genetic component, but maybe understanding that a little bit, like we're understanding a lot of things with the human genome, you know, all the different potential illnesses we can get. It's almost scary to know what's going to happen to us in the future if you do that. But the bottom line is, yeah, we have a lot of evidence that it's genetic in a lot of ways, but it's also behavioral. It's usually a combination of the two. Hey, Dr. Murray, uh, question I have for you is uh, when, when, when professional athletes are done being professional athletes, I'm guessing, you know, not everybody, unfortunately, is suicidal at that point or, or goes into depression. But uh, I'm sure some of them have a tough time dealing with the fact that they're not a pro athlete anymore and, and what life after their sport is going to be like. Do you often deal with those kinds of issues? And if you, if so, how do you deal with them? That's a great question. I, I actually wrote the uh, preface for a book by a guy named Sifu Slim who wrote a book about that, about how athletes cope with the, the second part of their lives, um, how they cope with, you know, the, a, after the, the show stops. Yeah, I think retirement issues, I mean, if you look at any sports psychology textbook, that might be a little chapter, you know, a little chapter on how they deal with the uh, the loss of the attention, the loss of the fame, the loss of, and not everybody's famous, but just the loss of what they put off their whole life into. Now, I won't say that that's a huge part of my practice. I think people typically come in to see me when they're trying to make it to college or make it to the pros or take a, you know, a mini tour golf game to a PGA tour level or go from the minor leagues in baseball up to the major leagues. I'm usually seeing people on the rise. I don't see too many that are on the decline like that, but I have definitely seen that as well. And I know that it's a, it's an adjustment period, but you know, like anything else, you have, it's like an illness. You have to adjust to it. You have to maybe go through a grieving process, maybe a, the five steps of Google or Ross, <laughs> a little bit of denial, aggression, you know, maybe eventually some acceptance, you know, so it's a tough time, but I think that, that also, that also illustrates why it's so important that the person develop other skills and other parts of their personality and not be, ramrodded into just the former athlete personality. Well, I think a lot of that has to do with also the uh, the universities, too. I, I, I'm guessing head coaches don't care if you're going to be a businessman after they just want to win football games. So their concentration is more or less on on the on the player being an athlete, not whether or not he's going to be a phenomenal uh, entrepreneur after he's done with school, uh, which leads us back to they need to have some kind of some kind of uh, some kind of classes or some kind of a, a curriculum that helps these guys to, and women, both men and women to, uh, 
to kind of just, you know, make that transition. Hey, you know, football's only, you know, nine, well, three years, three years is the, you know, three years and you're not going to be in it, but you know, they call the NFL not for long. And, you know, most people, I would say if you make it 10 years in a professional sport, you've done well for yourself. But after that time, you know, you got to figure out what's next for you. And like you said, not everybody's a superstar and not everybody makes, you know, $10 million a year either. Uh, one thing that I've no, always no, said, no Mike, it, one, one thing I've always said, and and I think this goes back against where I was with the high school situation was, I think in my mind, you know, I grew up in an era, we all grew up in an era, and, and yourself probably too, where, you know, when somebody made a decision where they were going to college, it wasn't on ESPN. And they weren't, you know, tabbed as the next best thing as a as a 17-year-old. Nobody cared back then. You just went to school and everybody liked their college. And if you played there, it was great. But I think nowadays with the way the media is, the way social media is, uh, and I'll, you know, I'll think ESPN has a little bit to blame for this as well. I think giving these kids too much exposure too soon, I think it's hurting them more than it's helping them. What are your thoughts on that? Totally agree. I mean, a great example, totally different sport would be the Williams sisters in tennis. Those two girls, were, were playing in anonymity for years, and the, and they didn't even they weren't even allowed to play in tournaments. What a brilliant uh, strategy that was! Now you can't do that in football or baseball. It's a system. You have to go through the system. But they didn't really play serious tennis until they were what 17 or 18 years old. Look look what they've done with the tennis world. Um, you mentioned the coaches. Coaches are definitely um, looking out for number one, looking out for the team, looking out for the record. There's a tremendous amount of money to be made if you can be successful in coaching. But you're right. The, the players are dispensable. Um, which goes to the idea of the need for, you know, programs of life skills training in, in college. That's, that's something I think is pretty widespread. That's advanced a lot is the idea that they do have programs for kids to do that. But I think at all levels, what's being ignored, what's being ignored is the psychology component of that. Uh, I, I truly believe, and this is not self-serving. I can't work with every team. I can't work with every player, but I truly believe that if they just invested a little more money in solid programs and put them in place, not only would they get the good mental care, the identification of potential problems, the development of the person beyond sport, but they'd also win a lot more games. I think the Patriots are doing something, and they're keeping it kind of quiet. I think they're doing a lot of sports psychology, to be honest. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I know, uh, I know for a fact that they are. Uh, they've got to. I mean, if you look up and down their roster, I believe last time I, I'm a professional scout and I've I've sat next to uh, Coach Belichick at many pro days. Uh, the first thing I see on his paper, because I'm always looking, is he's got their uh, he's got their Wonderlic scores up, and he's finding out who's wow. mentally tough enough and who's mentally ready to go, and that plays a huge part in what, who who he brings to his team. Uh, so wow. the team, yeah, and the yep. team that I work for now has changed to that philosophy as well. They uh, they do the uh, we we kind of now get their uh, Wonderlic scores, and we kind of go from there. Uh, so you can tell a lot just by who's you know mentally capacitated and who's kind of not at that time. So, you, you know, know, I would agree. It's interesting. I knew, yeah, I had a guy, a good a friend of mine played for the Dolphins for 13 years. I'll, I won't mention his name. He shared with me his notes from Shula from the uh, the 80s, and it was the same thing. He was focusing on the psychological skills of the athletes. You know, it, it's just, it's so true. And I don't want to put any teams down, but, you know, just think about where I'm living down here in South Florida. Hello, wake up, guys. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes. the Patriots got it. The, the Patriots understand it. They get it. You know, I, I applaud them greatly for their success. 
I, I well, think also, I think, I think Dr. Murray also down where you are, um, you know, the, a lot of golfers down there. And I think we've seen from some, some of the, uh, the, the greats in the world, how losing your mental focus, uh, can really have an effect on your game. You know, obviously Tiger Woods, <laughs> yeah. t- t- Tiger's no, no, had a lot no, of, uh, a lot of physical issues, but uh, if you look back on it, all kind of the, the wheels came off, uh, back when, uh, he had the whole no, issue no. with his wife and then all those different things in his private life. The, the amazing thing about the mental skills is you can't really see them. They're underneath your skull. So you can't really see somebody who's focused or somebody I – mean, you, you, you can behaviorally identify it. I've, I've developed a system of rating football games, for example. But it's – you can't see it, but it's even more powerful than, than, than all the different physical skills that are – you know, everybody can only jump so high and run so fast. So there's an unlimited amount of ability to become more confident or more efficient in your focus or more – in control of your emotions and not causing penalties that hurt the team or whatever, whatever. So important, but gosh, I can't believe I'm, I'm still making the same statements I made 25 years ago, and, and it's still a very slow-moving uh, uh, progression. It's really sad to see. Dr. Murray, uh, w- one question I had for you. I, let's try to – I want to kind of move kind of move uh, lane, switch lanes here is uh, sports psychology, although you deal with depression and the negative sides of sports psychology – what about the positive sides? What are you doing and what are you do? What can you do to help athletes prepare to be professional athletes or prepare to be champions? Well, that's 90% of my practice. 10% would be the more clinical side. I'm, I'm a, as a licensed psychologist, I can certainly handle depression and anxiety when it's clinical and all those other conditions. And that's why I studied that. But I, you know, most people come to me to get better. And what we do is a lot of things. I change habits. I, or, and I help them change habits. Let's put it that way. I'm a facilitator. And the way we change habits is through deep imagery, visualization exercises. And not only do we make it, make it uh, so that they play really well in their minds so they can play really well later on in the game, but we make it more difficult. Here's the key to this whole thing. You make it more difficult in their mind. So if they're facing adversity, three times more difficult in imagery sessions with me on the phone. By the way, we do a lot of work on the phone. 80% of my clients are on the phone. They can't all come locally to my office in Palm Beach. They're not local. They're all over the place. So the bottom line is you make it really difficult in imagery so that they've coped with plus more than when they go on the field to breeze. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done. It takes a long time, but it definitely works if you do it right, if you believe in it, and there's a lot more than just imagery, but that's just a great example. And what age do you think that should should these kids even – think about visiting a, a doctor like yourself or a sports psychologist to get mentally and ready and fit to, to kind of tackle their, their sport or, or tackle anything. I know you work with not just athletes anymore. You work with business owners and whatnot, but for the athletes, cause we're a sports show, what, what age do you think these kids should start looking into something like uh, like a Dr. Murray? Well, I've given, I've given talks like at the ATP tour headquarters for kids starting at age eight to like 12 and then another group from, from 12 to like 16. So maybe a group session where you just introduce some basic, basic concepts with props like a battery for energy or, or, or a movie camera for, you know, imagery or something like that or something like But um, in terms of one-on-one work, it really depends on the intellectual development of the kid. I used to think 12 was the youngest I could start, but then I had a client, I think he was nine, and he benefited greatly. His parents loved me for helping him get more confident. So I just, it just depends. I wouldn't want to start them too early, but I would want to find out if they've got the mental capacity to benefit from talking or listening or, 
you know, you got to keep it really simple. You maybe have half hour sessions rather than full hour sessions, but definitely by the age of 13 or maybe even 12, uh, you know, that's when they really could, and even if they start late, if they start at 14 or 15, that's still plenty of time to catch up and get some strong mental skills. And for all of our athletes that are listening and coaches as well, because we have a lot of coaches that listen, you don't have to be just an athlete or a player. Coaches can come, I'm guessing, to you, Dr. Murray, as well. And, you know, everyone could use some sports psychology about getting ready. It's not just for the athletes, but coaches coaches as well, if I'm not mistaken. No question about it. And, you know, um, there needs to be more awareness. I think I've done a few with, with the tennis world where I would go to coaching, coaching conventions and give you know, I haven't done that in a while, but I actually used to go to London every year, go to Wimbledon and, and give some, you know, three day, it would be like individual days for people to come for the whole day and kind of go through everything. And some of them were coaches. A lot of them were coaches actually. So, uh, Dr. Mer- oh, I'm you sorry. Know, yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, do you, is there a book out that you, that you have that you've written or that people can pick up out there that can read about what you're doing? Yeah, I've, I've written three books, but the, the two that are most useful, I apologize for the sport. It's called Smart Tennis, How to Play and Win the Mental Game. I wrote that in 99. It's a Simon & Schuster subsidiary of Josie Bass at the time. So the Smart Tennis book has nice chapters on basic mental skills like confidence, focus, energy control, what to do. Um, sort of like the inner game of tennis. You can ignore the tennis. It really applies to anything. The other book I wrote was on football. In 2011, I revised it in 13, called The Mental Performance Index. That is more of a philosophy on sports psychology and how, you know, how it's been kind of given the backseat of the bus status to a lot of things physical when really it's, it's, it's the thing. When I discovered, I looked at every play in Super Bowl history and I developed an index and I rated the mental performance of every play and found that that factor was by far the most important single factor in, in determining success in the Super Bowl. So, Whereas, like, we always talk about turnovers in football, or maybe, maybe the 50, 55, 60% correlation with winning, this factor was like 83%. So it's huge. And then, but a lot of the book is the, the index and how I developed the index and the, the particular scores for each Super Bowl. But it's also the first 100, 150 pages are more of a, a journey of how I grew to love sports psychology and what it all means and how it all fits together. Well, listen, Dr. Murray, we can't thank you enough for being on the show today. Uh, for anyone that's listening, you can find Dr. Murray on Twitter at, at Dr. John F. Murray. Uh, you can also go to his website, johnfmurray.com. Uh, actually, you can go on there and take a free, uh, free online mental test uh, interpreted by, some, by Dr. Murray uh, if you're interested in checking out uh, any of your mental capacity, I guess, or, or anything there. Uh, again, that's Dr. Murray. Uh, Dr. Murray, we want to thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, very informative, and I'm sure our parents and, and listeners got a lot out of this. And uh, Dr. Farmer, I'm, do you have anything for uh, Dr. Murray before we let him go? No, no, thanks, Doc. Appreciate you being on. No, it's, it's a pleasure. I'm humbled by you, you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you for having me on. Thanks so Thank much, you. Dr. Murray. Have a Thank great you. night. Thank you. All the best. Bye-bye. Wow, Dr. Murray there. A lot of information, man. It's uh you know, it's unfortunate that we got to uh, that we talk about just the mental illness part of it, Doc, uh, because there's so much more that goes into uh, sports psychology. Uh, but you know, we just you know you got to talk about it. And 
with, with the Tyler Holinsky thing happening, Doc, it's just, uh, you know, you got to you gotta have those tough conversations, and we need to get as much awareness as we can. And like Dr. Murray said, it's unfortunate that we have to wait for a tragedy to happen uh, before something, something like this comes to light. Yeah, no, that, that was a great, uh, a great conversation, great interview. Uh, certainly, it's a, it's an area of, of sports and and sports preparation that's underutilized in our society. And I, and I think, uh, you know, I, I think moving forward, uh, more and more families will will look into that avenue along with the the speed training and the exercise and and the coaching and the pitching coaches and, and all that, but also having a a sports psychologist involved because the mental side is, is definitely something that uh, does not get as much focus. I believe it was John Madden who said this game of football is 90% physical and 30% mental. There it is. That's the one. <laughs> uh, everyone who's listening, you're listening to the Three and Out show here on Blog Talk Radio, uh, your source for everything college football. Uh, Doc, give the call a number. We'd love to hear from our from our listeners. Yeah, give us a call, 657-383-1684. That's 657-383-1684. Tonight's show sponsored by Piranha Grill uh, over here in Ormond Beach, 241 North U.S. Highway 1 in Ormond Beach, Florida. Uh, great place to go and eat, grab some wings, grab a burger. This is a Pittsburgh inspired bar uh my sister-in-law who is a diehard ravens fan will unfortunately not step foot in there because she's a diehard ravens fan it's a pittsburgh Steelers bar uh they actually have a uh, a cheeseburger on the menu or a burger on the menu called the heinz ward that has peanut butter and bacon on it oh what do you think about that John? Uh, i don't think so <laughs> doc what do you think I, I would try it um i'm not i wouldn't go out of my way but i i would uh i would definitely try it well, if this might shock you guys, I have tried it, and uh, it's phenomenal. <laughs> I, think, I think Sammy needs to go on Dr. Murray's uh, page and take that mental test. Yeah, yeah. It's a, actually, well, it's, a, it's, it's a very good burger, guys. You guys got to well, go there. It, it, it only shocks me because you're the most finicky eater in the freaking world that I've ever seen, dude. I, mean, I am a finicky eater. You couldn't have said that more correct. Yeah. But listen, we want to give a shout-out to Caleb over at uh, the Piranha there. Uh, in fact, he gave us a $25 gift card. So if we get a listener to call in tonight, maybe we'll give away that $25 gift card if they can answer a question correctly about whatever. Whatever Sean or the doc decides, uh, we'll uh, we'll get it going tonight. Coming up soon, though, hey. Doc. Go ahead. What do you got, Doc? No, I was going to say getting uh, getting into that conversation we just had and and – it's going to be interesting to see if they do evaluate this young man for, for CTE. Um, but I, I think, unfortunately, we're going to see more and more of this. For, for those of you who you know, maybe uh, haven't seen the movie Concussion um, you know, and haven't followed the stories, uh, you know, CTE is, is a real deal in, in, in some of these athletes who have committed suicide. And, and, and I would not be surprised to, to see that, that, that he, he does – end up having it if they decide to test for it uh, in the next uh, few months here. Yeah, and a lot of people probably think that CT is just in NFL players or professional athletes. It's not, uh, you know, you can take blows to the head at any point in time. And, and Doc, I know you know a little bit about CT, and if you don't mind, why don't you kind of tell everybody about CT real quick and kind of uh, kind of enlighten them and, and educate them on how CT uh, works and how it affects you. 
Yeah, so CTE is a, is a uh, brain condition uh, described by Bennett O'Malu. Again, those of you who have seen the, the movie Concussion, it stands for chronic traumatic encephalopathy. And, and, and what he – the gist of it – and I've been telling this story for about 15 years, so when the movie Concussion came out, it really stole my thunder. But it, the, the gist of it was um, he was a, a young pathologist in, in the Allegheny County – uh, morgue basically which is pittsburgh speaking of pittsburgh and, and the heinz ward burger which she loves so much um but he was an intern and the phenomenal uh, morgue burger, there. Phenomenal burger. yeah he was an intern intern in the morgue there and uh was from africa actually um he didn't speak a lot of english and and this brain this uh this um 50 year old uh male showed up in the morgue having died uh from heart failure and um it didn't. It just didn't. Didn't make sense that. Uh, well, he found out who he was. It was Mike Webster, who who was a former All-Pro center for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think he won five Super Bowls. Um, who ended up basically homeless, living in his van, uh, you know, somewhere in the city of Pittsburgh, and who died of heart heart disease. And you know, here's this young uh, pathologist uh, intern, and it just didn't make sense how somebody who was this well known in the city could end up this way. So he actually took the, took his brain home with him. Because he couldn't do the testing in the uh, in, in the morgue, and, and he started testing for different stains, and, and eventually he found a protein that had deposited in, in his brain that was the same protein that we see in Alzheimer's. It's called the tau protein, and he and he diagnosed this as chronic traumatic encephalopathy. So the theory is, or or the science behind it is, chronic repetitive head trauma, and it doesn't need to be. You know, full, knocked out, concussed, you know, seeing stars, it can be repetitive, smaller trauma leads to a um, brain injury where protein gets deposited at the site of injury. And based on where the protein is deposited, it, it affects the ability of the brain, that part of the brain to function properly. So you can imagine in football players, they get a lot of frontal part of the brain, we call it the frontal lobe, due to the way that, you know, linemen make contact with, with the defensive linemen on the front of their helmets. You can get deposition of proteins, which affects the frontal lobe. Well, we know the frontal lobe is what controls impulses. So people who have injured their frontal lobe um, have the inability to, to control their actions based on emotion and impulses. So, you know, you see these players who have committed suicide who have found to have CTE and damage to the frontal part of the brain. So they're, 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 they're having depression, they're having these thoughts, and they can't control the, their impulse to, to, to commit suicide and you have guys like Junior Seau, who, who you would think are on top of the world, um, who, who've committed suicide. So, you know, there's a long history of, of more and more of these athletes uh, showing up. And, and I think we're going to see more and more of these athletes over time who, who have this condition, who, who've done these type of things, uh, unfortunately, as we move forward. Yeah, one thing, uh, one thing's for sure, Doc, is uh, we're going to have a, uh, an athlete on the show here that's going to probably – inflict a lot of uh, head wounds here shortly to some NFL players. Uh, we're going to have Marcus Martin on here shortly from uh, Slippery Rock University. Uh, he's going to get on here. We're going to talk to him, Mr., uh, basically Mr. Everything, uh, who's going to be on the show here to talk about his experience at, uh, basically in college. What he's the most decorated defensive lineman, I think, so far in, in college football history. I don't know if you want to check the line out, Doc. Or, you know, from there, went to the Senior Bowl, All-American for 35 years. I mean, the guy's done pretty much everything in college football. Uh, so we're going to get him on the phone here. 
and uh, we're going to talk to uh, talk to Marcus and talk to him about the East West Shrine game, which I was just at, which it was beautiful. It was actually hot. It wasn't hot, but it was a warm. It was a warm morning practice, and then all of a sudden it turned into a freezing cold afternoon practice here. Uh, and Marcus was running across the field because they had him going from offense to defense, defense to offense. Doc, do we have Marcus on? Yeah, we have. Marcus, Marcus Martin, buddy, how are you? This is Sammy G and the Doc. How are you doing, buddy? Thanks for being on the Three and Out Show with us tonight. Um, oh, I'm great. No problem. Thanks for having me. Well, Marcus, I've been telling everybody, man, for for a long time that you are Mr. Everything when it comes to Slippery Rock. Not only that, uh, you're the most decorated Division II uh, defensive lineman, uh, I think, probably ever to play in Division II. Uh, the 2017 Gene Upshaw uh, award lineman of the year award. Uh, also, let me just give you a brief history of Mar- Marcus. If you guys, for all of our listeners, uh, Marcus had a, uh, is now the official all division sack leader with 56, uh, set a new division two record for career tackles, a loss of 92 and a half. Um, he's a first team AFCA all American. He's a three time conference defensive athlete of the year. Uh, and he's probably again, going to going to be drafted into the NFL here shortly. Uh, Marcus, thanks again for coming on the show, man. So I wanted to bring you on because I love what you've been doing, man. And you and I've been friends for some time now. We've been talking for, for a few years and I just wanted to bring you on so people can get to know you. Uh, I was just down at the East West shrine game where you were practicing and I was sitting on the sideline. I was just telling the doc, I was sitting on the sideline and I see this kid running across the field from offense to defense. And I go, oh, man, they're going to wear this guy out. And as soon as I look up, it's Marcus Martin. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, I, I mean, you were you were playing fullback. If, if I'm not mistaken, you played some linebacker. You played defensive line. Uh, I mean, you were wreaking havoc at defensive line. I think I think you impressed everybody. Every every sound I heard on the sideline was about uh, who's who's the kid from Slippery Rock. It's, it's one of those things, you know, you know everyone's always exactly. like, who's the kid from Slippery Rock beating all these guys from uh, from Division One schools? Uh, Marcus, why don't you talk to us about Slippery Rock first and foremost. Tell us about your experience there, uh, how you got there, uh, and, and what you got out of being at a Division Two school uh, for the last four years. Yeah, I mean, I want to just start off by saying, you know, I always get the question asked, uh, should I have went Division One? And the way I look at it is, if I did, who knows if I'd be sitting in the, the place I'm at right now talking to you. So I'm happy with the place I'm in right now and the situation I have and the blessings that I've received throughout the years. And I don't regret going there at all. I, you know, starting as a freshman, I redshirted. And, yeah, I, the main reason I went to Slippery Rock was mainly because the brotherhood atmosphere, the family atmosphere, it wasn't all about wins and losses. We knew that I was going to come once a – a good team was built together and I, I had a feeling that they had one that was put together and for the years to come, we had a really good class coming in my my first year, my senior year of high school and I just had faith in the coaches and what they were saying. And we all came together. We ended up winning uh, three uh, West championships and uh, two back-to-back PSAC championships and three playoff, actually four years in a row playoff runs and, had an amazing career there, amazing teammates, families, uh, brotherhood, um, everything just all aligned for me. Don't have any regrets about the school. I mean, I loved it uh, from the first day I got there to the last day I left. And 
our our coach uh, George Mahalik, the one who recruited me, actually always said he said once you wear the green and white, you always wear the green and white, and that's for sure. It's it's my alma mater, and I always go back to there and keep up with the scores and everybody that's on the team. So I, I love Slipper Rock. Now, um, you're from uh, West Mifflin, Mifflin uh, Pennsylvania, correct? Yeah, that's correct. How, how far away is, uh, is is Slippery Rock from your from your hometown? Uh, it's not bad. Though. It's only about an hour and a half, depending on traffic and all that stuff. Do you, do you get asked very often about Dunder Mifflin from the office? No. <laughs> no, you don't, you don't get asked too much about that. No, not too much. <laughs> Tell tell us what you're uh, you're doing you're doing now between uh between now and and, and your pro day uh you know are you uh any any thoughts on on a combine invite are you shooting for your pro day well what's the next uh you know couple of months here gonna gonna do for you yeah I'm out here uh, at Test Football Academy I'm in New Jersey training here I was there two weeks ago I started and then I went down to the East West Shrine game so I took last week off and then flew back for this week and I'll be here for five, six weeks from now till hopefully the combine, you know, I never know. It's by invite only. I have no say so if I get in or not and nobody else does besides NFL teams. So uh, it's up to them. Uh, I'm on the, the watch list. So we'll see what happens after the senior bowl. That's when I believe the last invites go out uh, a little bit after that. So, I mean, hopefully um, I get invited out. If not, I'll get to a pro day. Not sure. If I'll go to uh, Slippery Rocks or another school, so um, that's something I'll speak to my agent with um, about that. But uh, yeah, so I mean, just focus on training really now. I mean, everything, all the work's done really. You know, played an all-star game. I just got to train hard now, be at the best physical ability for either the pro day or combine. So it doesn't really matter which one it is. You still got to get in shape first. Yeah, either one of them is going to be a, a, a very large interview for you. Doesn't matter if it's yeah. pro day or combine, uh, Marcus. Let me ask you this: So you, you obviously playing at Slipper Rock, you don't play against uh, Nebraska and Arizona and, and USC. Uh, how did you feel? Uh, I always ask, uh, you know, quote unquote small school players uh, about this because I always mentally, I always, I always try to dig into their mentals. Uh, when you got on the field at the East West game, were you were you in awe of seeing those helmets with? with uh, Ohio State and Arizona State and all these big schools on it, or was it just another day at the office for you? Yeah, I mean, you can't overthink things when it comes in them situations. I mean, if you want to be a professional athlete, uh, it doesn't matter what school you went to, you know, you're playing the best of the best. And it doesn't matter where you went, what you've been through, who you are, the size, strength, things like that. If you're the best at what you do, you're the best at what you do. And and that game, that's who they thought is the best that they could get for the game. So it's just the same situation. Um, I don't really think things like that. But, I mean, it's definitely a huge difference. Uh, one thing uh, people always say is just the size and the measurables and the speed. Uh, that's um, It's different between Division Two and Division One. Um, it's something you have to get adjusted to. You know, athleticism-wise, I didn't think I was far behind anything. It's just being able to adjust, which I think is the difference between, you know, college football player and NFL players, being able to adjust to the times, the players, the situations you're put in. And, you know, my goal was the first day, obviously, everybody's rusty. I haven't played a game in so long since I'm from Division Two. Some of those guys played in a bull game two weeks before that, so they're, you know, fresh. But 
yeah, my goal was just to get better day by day and then just, you know, do my best in the game, which I believe I did. So, you know, at the end of the day, I was satisfied. Marcus, hey, this is the doc. I'm a uh, sports medicine uh, orthopedic surgeon. Uh, just curious about, uh, you know, your your career. Have you stayed relatively healthy? Have you had any major injuries? You missed much time, and and if you have, you know, how do you uh, mentally keep yourself focused and and kind of moving towards the uh, the goal of getting back out there? Yeah, I mean, so the thing I've always been blessed with is my health and. You know, flexibility was a key thing. I always did yoga throughout the seasons, and, yeah, and buddy, my buddies would laugh. But, you know, when they were sitting in the tub, you know, during practice and stuff, and I'm out there going full speed every single day, every single rep, and getting better, you know, they're not laughing anymore. But, yeah, I mean, just putting a lot of time into, into my body and putting time into staying healthy. Uh, you know, there's records. A lot a lot of stars have to align to for those to happen. It's not always, you know, the best player of all time to do it. It's just somebody who stayed healthy, who had good players around them, good teams that, you know, carried them in the later games. Uh, a lot of things have to go right. And I always tell people, I'm like, I, I dedicated to my health. And I haven't missed a game, haven't missed a practice. If anything, you know, I took a few reps off if I was real sore or something because, you know, I took every rep in every single game since I was a freshman. So uh, things add up. But even when I got to uh, test where I'm training at now, uh, we we get through all the tests to make sure we don't have any injuries or imbalances and muscles so they can, you know, correct them so they don't cause any other injuries. And they kept telling me, they're like, like how flexible I am for being a bigger guy. And they're like, they're like you ever have any injuries? And I tell them no. And you're like, that's exactly why. That flexibility is key to staying healthy. Once again, you're listening to an episode of Three and Out. Uh, with Sammy G in the dock, we have Marcus Martin on from Slippery Rock. Please give us a call at 657-383-1684. Marcus, our, uh, our executive producer, wants to ask you a question. Hey, Marcus, this is Sean here. I'm uh, sort of the backup co-host for the show. <laughs> yeah, no um, problem. Nice to meet you. Well, I was reading your stats, and I, I swear I thought I was I was reading someone who played an EA Sports video game when I was reading <laughs> these things. It was amazing. But my question is, Seeing that you are uh, from Pennsylvania and seeing that you are a master at taking people to the ground and Pennsylvania being probably the number one state that produces the top talent for wrestling in the whole country. Did you grow up wrestling in Pennsylvania? Actually, actually, no, I didn't. Uh, it's probably one of my, one of few regrets that I have in my life. People always ask me that and it's, if you see me in person, you you probably think I was a wrestler too. I got a real big neck, so people always think that I did wrestle, even by just the look at me, not even knowing who I am. But it's one thing my my wrestling coach in high school used to ask me all the time and try to get me to wrestle. But the weight class I would wrestle in high school was heavyweight, and most of the heavyweights in our state were really good and been wrestling since they were young. So I don't know if I could take the frustrations of losing a couple matches at the beginning. So chose not to do that and just focus on weightlifting, track, and football. Well, you made a good decision, but I'm not sure that you would have lost too many matches. You seem like a natural. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Marcus, this is a doc. Is uh, is is West Mifflin and uh, and Slippery Rock? Is that is that Steeler Town or Eagle Country? Uh, that's Steeler <laughs> Country all the way. Steeler Country. So. <laughs> So we were just talking about our sponsor, Piranha Grill. Uh, would you eat a Heinz Ward burger, which is a, a hamburger <laughs> with peanut butter and bacon? 
Yeah, yeah, I would do that just because it has Heinz Ward's, Heinz Ward's name on it. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, speaking of our sponsor, Piranha Grill in Norman Beach, Florida, two forty one North US Highway one. Uh, again, Marcus, I wanted to tell you, uh, my family's from Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, I grew up a big YSU fan uh, as a young child, and my one of my my mom's brothers, she married a or he married a uh, a, a lady from uh, Newcastle, PA. And as a as a ten year old, the first gift she ever gave me, slippery rock football T shirt. How about that's that? Awesome. Yeah, and I yeah, used to wear awesome. that thing all over the place, slippery rock. And I think that's kind of what's drawn me to you is the slippery rock side of everything, uh, because it's it's awesome. Marcus, before we let you go, uh, for everybody who's out there listening and they want to know about Marcus Martin uh, and want to know about what you can bring to the next level, why don't you kind of tell us? what Marcus Martin can do, and why should Marcus Martin be drafted in the NFL? Well, well first, I, I believe that I'm somebody a lot of people want to see succeed. Uh, everybody I'm close to, you know, they say people like me who, who work hard, you know, I'm, I'm from the still city where everybody works hard for their money, and I'm, I do it the same way. Everything I've done, I've dedicated to hard work, and uh, one of the sayings is, you know, hard work pays off, and I'm a living testament to that, and I'm a I'm a versatile player. Like we we started laughing about a little bit before, uh, how I was running around practice doing about everything. But truthfully, I was trying to show my versatility. Um, you know, I'm willing to do everything and anything to get on the field to continue playing football. I didn't want that game to be the last game of my career, and I'm one of those players. I, I don't have an ego at all. I'm a team player, and like I said, I'll do anything possible to get a win for me and my team. Uh, whether that means special teams, playing offense, playing defense, whatever I got to do. Um, I mean, I learned three different playbooks in one week for an all-star game. There's not many kids that are willing to do that. But, yeah, I just say uh, hard work and versatility. That's, that's the two points I got to give. Marcus, one thing I like to do on the show is I like to make these two knuckleheads realize that I am smarter than I than I appear. When you and I have been talking, what position did I say that you would probably be playing at? Fullback? No, linebacker. I told you you'd be playing linebacker. Oh, linebacker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Linebacker, yeah, when we talked like a year ago, yeah. What did you play uh, at the East-West Ryan game? Um, Defensive end, uh, same linebacker, and fullback. Hmm. Well, again, I just like these knuckleheads to know that uh, <laughs> that my predictions always are right for some reason. Mar- Marcus, Marcus, I, I got to Marcus, I got to tell you, he has an innate ability to to find. Uh, I don't want to call you a diamond in the rough because obviously you've had a lot of success, but he he has had yeah. a very good success rate on finding guys. Uh, you know, I remember hearing about Derek Ward uh, as a running back from Ottawa before he made it, uh, before anybody knew about him. And, um, you know, he was telling me about a guy named Caleb Brantley, who was a freshman at University of Florida, who I, I, I did not think was going to be very successful, who obviously uh, could have been a first-round draft pick playing now for the Browns. So um, if you got Sammy, Sammy G uh, in, in your corner, uh, that, that bodes well for you, my man. Exactly. I appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, no problem, buddy. Again, uh, Marcus, we want to thank you for being on the show tonight. We don't, we don't want to keep you much longer. It's getting late. you got to get to bed, get to work out in the morning. I know that. So, uh, Marcus sure. Martin, uh, Mr. All-Everything, uh, defensive lineman, the 2017 Gene Upshaw Lineman of the Year Award winner, uh, AFCA All-American, 
uh, all-time sack leader. I mean, all-time everything on defensive as a defensive lineman. Uh, Reggie, I'm guessing Reggie White would be very proud of what you've done as a defensive lineman. Uh, you can find Marcus on Twitter at uh, at Marcus underscore Martin forty four. Uh, we got to get him. He's got a private doc. He's got a private account. We got to get him to open that up to the public. I mean, he's going to be a celebrity here shortly. So you got to, you got to have people, uh, you got to have everyone liking you, buddy. That's what you got to do. You can't, yes, you can't be screening everybody right now. <laughs> when you get your publicist in about four or five years, when you're, when you're signing your second deal for 70 million, then you can, you can, then you can start doing whatever you want to do. But for now, let's open it up to the general public, but everybody wants to know about you, especially with the good things coming. Uh, I have a feeling that you may be in Indianapolis, uh, and you, you're going to hear it here first. I have a feeling you will be in Indianapolis uh, for that combine. I don't know. I'm just guessing that you will be, and that's my own take. And the doc can tell you, Sean can tell you. I usually I'm pretty, I'm, I'm not 100 percent, but I'm pretty close, Marcus. So good luck awesome. to you, man. We're, we're, su- we're super proud of you, man. We can't. We wish nothing but the best for you moving forward. Uh, we're going to keep our ta- keep our eye on you. Obviously, we'd love to have you back on after the draft. And uh, love you talk about that experience when you uh, when it happens for you, okay? Awesome, appreciate it. it. Means a lot. Thanks, buddy. Have a great night. Great job. Yep. Take care. Good luck. Bye bye. That was Marcus Martin uh, from Slippery Rock University, six two, two hundred fifty five pound defensive lineman. Uh, Marcus, I- I've been watching this kid for a couple of years now. He's phenomenal. I mean, yeah, he played at Slippery Rock, but it doesn't matter. This guy just played at the East-West Shrine game, Doc, and he just he was manhandling every our offensive tackle that was out there. Uh, they moved him to outside linebacker. He's playing outside linebacker, just covering people in, in space. And then they said, hey, why don't you come play offense? And then he actually scored a touchdown uh, as a fullback in the in the game, in the actual game. He scored a touchdown as a fullback, came out of the backfield, caught a pass, and scored. So this guy's got a huge potential. Very The ceiling is – can't be any higher. I mean, the guy just has a uh, – he's going to be a phenomenal guy, and I can't wait to see what happens to him, Doc. Doc, can you give the call-in number for for everybody, too, when you get a chance? uh, Sure. Now now is a good good chance for me to do that. Let's uh, give us a call. Yeah. Let's, let's give let's give let's give us a call. Six five seven three eight three one six eight four. Six five seven three eight three one six eight four. At least I didn't screw up the call in number like a JZL was doing as a guest host and giving everybody yeah, the yeah. wrong number. JZL had people calling Afghanistan. I mean he didn't know what was he had no idea what was happening, but although he was a he was a good fill in speaking of He's people a good that job. left the hanging. Yeah, speaking of people that left us hanging, uh, he filled in nicely for you, Doc, when you left us hanging that day. Yeah, yeah don't call me he out. He did a good job. He did a good job. He did. he did. He did. Good for him. And we'd love to have him back. Obviously, I don't know if we have enough microphones now that our producer, uh, Sean, has kind of deboed his way onto an on-air talent. I, I don't know how that happened, but eventually, apparently that has happened. Now, apparently, we have a third wheel here, Doc. <laughs> It's called three and out for uh, for a reason, so I'm, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Yeah, no doubt. So, Doc, we're going to be moving forward here throughout the season. Uh, we only got about 15 minutes left in the show. Please give us a call if you want to win one of our uh, one of our special giveaways from one of the local businesses here in town in Daytona Beach. You're more than welcome to give us a call. Uh, it's not going to be easy. We're going to make it hard on you. Probably not. I don't know what the Doc or Sean are going to come up with. They could ask you what your ABCs are. I don't know. Uh, but give us a call. 
uh, anytime uh, within the next 15 minutes. Uh, Doc, we're gonna move. Uh, we're gonna move into the off season here. We got some things coming up. We got National Signing Day coming up in about what was that next week? I believe. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks uh, from two tomorrow, weeks. I believe. National nice. Signing Day. Although, although about 70 percent of the um, the top athletes signed in the early signing period, but there's still a uh, there's still there's still a handful of guys out there. There's still an opportunity for some teams to to move up, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Sean, what do you think? I did that. On, uh, that's exactly what, <laughs> why Sean's not going to be an on-air personality much longer. <laughs> the dead air it was deafening. That was, that, was, that was kind of an open, what do you think about what? Anything. <laughs> what do you think about anything? Just just say the color blue for all I care. Just give us something here, Sean. Holy smokes. Back from Saturday Night. Yeah, holy smokes, guy. I'm just, you know, we got to get this guy moving here. Uh, but, yeah, we got National Signing Day we got coming up. Uh, we have the uh, NFL Combine. Doc, you'll be at the Combine this year, if I'm not mistaken. I will be there. I will be there. I'm looking forward to you, it. I you, can't wait to go. You'll, you'll be, be there, there on Tuesday, Tuesday too, right? So you, you, can actually, you can actually go live, if I'm not mistaken, from your hotel at the Combine. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I get in around, yeah, I get around 830, so uh, um, we can figure that out. But, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, we can do that. Nothing like a uh, nice uh, remote from the NFL Combine. Uh, following the Combine, you know, we're going to be around. we got baseball starting up that we'll start talking about. I'm sure there'll be some stuff coming through uh, spring training and, and, and things like that. Uh, and then we got the NFL draft to look forward to. So we got a lot of things coming up here in the next few weeks. Uh, and we have a lot of sponsors that have uh, kind of taken over the show. Doc, we got a huge announcement that we're going to make here. I don't know if you want to wait till the end of the show or if you want to you want to just do it now? And Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Apparently we're I've doing just it now. been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Cannonball! <laughs> 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 uh, I guess we're making the announcement now. Is that what you're saying? I would say go for it. Now, Now's a good time. Well, obviously, the doc and I have been have started this show about ten weeks ago, and we wanted to obviously say thank you to all of our listeners because of everyone's support. Uh, the Three and Out Show is now on iTunes, so you can go onto iTunes and download our our podcast and our episodes uh, right from your iPhone, uh, right in the iTunes Store. Just type in Three and Out on your on the pack on the podcast, and you can find the Three and Out Show on uh, iTunes. We couldn't be happier about it. Uh, it just keeps growing and growing and, you know, it's all because of the listeners, uh, you know, all of you who, uh, have, have taken the time out to listen to the doc and I, and, and sometimes Johnny and sometimes Sean, obviously. Uh, so pretty cool. You know, we're, we're now on That's iTunes. Awesome. So congratulations yeah, three, to, the, to, us, to the three, three of us. Three, three and out, uh, the, 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 the word three is, is spelled out there. There's another, much smaller podcast, I believe. That's the number three and out from from Texas or something. But you don't want that one. You want the real three and out. Uh, hit that subscribe so uh, you can get uh, the downloads when they automatically pop up. And for those of you on social media looking for us, uh, you can find us on Facebook, the Three and Out Show, uh, on Facebook, and also on Twitter uh, at Three and Out Show. Uh, myself uh, also uh, and the Doc are on there as well. Uh, and Doc, go ahead and give out your uh, your Twitter handle there. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the doc 
that three and out show, I believe. I gotta look that up. I don't even know. <laughs> it's, it's the doc underscore the number three and out. There the it is. That's the one. And Sammy D's is at three and out SG. So go ahead and follow us on Twitter. Again, that's th- at three and out SG and at the doc underscore the number three and out. We couldn't have made it any more difficult for you to for, for you to remember. Uh, and yeah, the we're show, not, of course. Uh, go ahead. Not too. Con- we're, not, we're not too consistent there. That, that, that is no. true. We got to work on. Well, now we're big time. We're on iTunes, so we can uh, we can make adjustments there as uh, as we see fit. Doc, looks like we got a call coming in. Let's, should we just go right to it? Yeah, we got a call coming from uh from a three eight six fun area code Daytona Beach. Thanks for calling the three and out show. Hey guys, it's JZL. What's going on? What's up, hey. JZL? JZL, you're not in line for one of these gift cards, just so you know. No, I, I'm good with that, but. The, the the balls on this doc for calling me out for giving out the wrong phone number. I was told what number to give it out. And that wasn't my fault. Uh, and, Dude. you know, I was just trying to do the best I could in the doc's absence. But, no, guys, seriously, congratulations on the iTunes. I know you guys make a great team. There's no I in team, but there's definitely an I in iTunes. So I want to congratulate you for that. There is an I in iTunes for sure, man. We appreciate it. There Listen, is. I got to tell you, JZL, if it wasn't for you covering for our doc who seems to conveniently take a break whenever we need it most, I want to thank you for being a part of it. This is just as much your celebration as it is ours. Yeah, just, well, just, tell, him, much, just tell him to take the marshmallow fluff out of his eyes so he can read the uh, the phone number correctly <laughs> next time, please. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, with the low blows, Doc, I I come to do you guys a favor. I mean, if you treat your patients this good, no wonder no one's ever coming back. Oh, dude, my mind. You guys have a good night. Keep it up. And I'll talk to you guys again. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Later, bro. See you, man. Later, guys. We got to get Jay-Z on the show full-time. He was actually very good, a very good fill-in. I don't think there'll be any dead air like there is on Sean's end here. Sean, what do you got to say? <laughs> Just stick up for yourself, man. What do you got? I don't appreciate how I'm being treated. Yeah. That's it? Yeah. That's all you got? They don't call him the best color guy in baseball for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Dynamite comeback there, John or Sean. Appreciate it, buddy. I'm not sure if that joke crossed the line. I don't think it crossed the line, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was, that, that, that was a quote from Major League, man. Let's, let's not uh, take know, it to the next playing. level. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Guys, every, all of our listeners, we got about eight minutes left here, uh, maybe less. Uh, give us a call, 657-383-1684, uh, 657-383-1684 for a chance to win uh, one of our our gift cards from uh, one of our uh, our local businesses here in the area. Uh, we got all kinds of stuff from Larry's Giant Subs, Steve's Famous Diner. Um, we got a free membership, gym membership from Bodies by Tasso. Um, we have also Jimmy Hula's, uh, Greek Town Taverna, uh, with Zappi's uh, Italian Restaurant. Uh, we also have uh, The Grind uh, as well. If anybody likes brunch, The Grind has a phenomenal brunch. You can use that at The Grind's Brunch. I hear it's great. Awesome burger. If you say so. Uh, we also have tickets for you and your family. Uh, to uh, to go to the uh, uh, Museum of Arts and Sciences, where you can take your family, a family, all four of you. Hopefully, if you call in, there's only four of you, because that's the only, only amount of tickets I have. There's four. 
So if you have more than five in your family, don't call for those tickets because you're going to have one person that's not going to be happy about it. Doc, I mean, I got to tell you, I mean, we've been getting a lot of support from these local businesses, and it's it's been helping us a lot tremendously, obviously, moving forward here onto iTunes. Uh, so, uh, I mean, we just got to we got to keep, uh, you know, for me, I'm all about the local businesses. I don't want to, uh, I don't, you're never going to hear that we got a gift card from Chili's or uh, or uh, Chick-fil-A on here, although Chick-fil-A is delightful. I would take a Chick-fil-A uh, gift card like nobody's business. <laughs> All right, Doc, a few minutes left. Uh, Super Bowl is coming up. Let's talk about the Super Bowl um, in Minnesota. Let's just kind of get our predictions. We've got about two weeks. We've got the Pro Bowl this weekend in Orlando. Which I will be at. Uh, Sean is actually working the Pro Bowl this weekend in Orlando. Would you like to go live remote from the Pro Bowl, Sean? Well, uh, I might try to do that, but I don't know. Okay, so we're not going to do a live remote from the Pro Bowl with Sean. <laughs> uh, Sean, we got the – go ahead. Sean, you're you're working the Pro Bowl this weekend. I am. I start Friday. The game is nice Sunday. It is Sunday. Nice, nice. Yeah, it, it was packed last year too. I mean, that place was sold out. So that's awesome. Well, they moved to the Camping World Stadium over in Orlando. Yeah. Marcus Lamonas owns Camping World. You may have heard of him, Doctor Farmer. I, I have. You, you, you. He's your he's your favorite. You love that guy. He's. I mean, what are you gonna do, man? Guy successful. He's. He's adopted by Greeks. How many tickets did he give you for this game? <laughs> he didn't give me any, Sean. I didn't ask for him. But I bet if I asked, he'd give them to me. Okay. You want me to put that to yeah. the test? I would like to see you out there. Sean, you need, you need, need, to, you need to get us a picture of the uh, the national championship banner uh, over there in uh, Orlando from uh, UCF when you're over that way. It's not at Camping World. Oh, it's not. Right. UCF has their own stadium on campus. Uh, they actually have a spectrum. There spectrum it is. Stadium. That's the one. That's yeah, the spectrum one. stadium. Although it would be nice to see that. Well, we're going to get shot on some more missions here, I think. Yeah. yeah. I can do. Yeah. Doc, so anyway, back to the Super Bowl. Who do you got? Give, us, give, me, your, give me your pick here to win this thing. Yeah, I, I gotta tell you, I'm, I'm not overly interested in this game, but but I, I certainly don't think you can pick uh, not pick Tom Brady and the and the Patriots. I, I think they're gonna win. It's not gonna be a very good game. Um, no, I'm not interested. Uh, you know, the NFL has kind of made some uh, strange rules here. I'm not gonna get too much into the, the politics, but they're they're uh, they ticked off a bunch of veterans today, which is not good for business. So. Uh, I just don't think that uh, this game's going to be overly exciting, but Tom Brady, I think, is uh, where the money's going to be. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go with uh, New England as well. I just don't think uh, I just don't think people can stop Tom Brady. I mean, you got you got to stop him before you, anyone can not pick the guy. Sean, what do you think? Well, I'm 0 for 2 on my picks. I pick Southern Miss over Florida State. Just because my total disdain for FSU. <laughs> I picked Georgia over Alabama, but I didn't know about this backup quarterback that can fling it all over the field. But I am going with the city of brotherly love. For the wow. He's going with the – Although I am a fan of Tom Brady. He's going with the Eagles. I'm going with the Eagles. Doc, we, gotta, we always got to have one. You always got to have one. Doc, what's going on back there? Yeah, I, I, my son's all fired up because I think he picked the Eagles as well because that's the, uh, well, the mascot put, put, of it. Put, put him on the headset. Let's hear what he has to say. Good. I really Let's think the Eagles are 
I think the really the Eagles are gonna um, win this game. Why do you think that? They're just a good team. They beat number two, Minnesota. the Vikings, Minnesota. the one that beat the Saints with the awesome catch. Right. And there was only like a couple of seconds left, and the the Saints were all like fired up, and they said that I thought they were gonna like they were gonna win because the Vikings came back and won. All right, I think that's I think that's reason enough. That's a good pick. Yeah, I, I'm okay with it. Doc, are you okay with that? Yeah, yeah. He also didn't mention that his school's mascot is the Eagles, which is probably the real reason why he's picking them. No. Oh. <laughs> That's probably a, a big uh, a big reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was at an elementary school in Norman Beach Elementary, and the 85 Bears won the Super Bowl. And then we had to uh, pick our, our new uh, school name, which was between the Sandpipers and the Bears. Guess who won? The Sandpipers? Yeah. The Bears. The Bears. <laughs> the Bears. The Bears. Doc, how, Doc, how upset are you that we have nothing to do on Saturday anymore? Yeah, it's, it's it's awful. I I'm already counting the days until uh, college football season next year. Yeah, we'll have to do a show from the uh, spring game, one of these spring games this year. We'll we'll do yeah. something. We 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 got to do something. We got to we are big we're big time now. We're we're okay. iTunes. Maybe we can start our old Sandlot League back up and report on that. If there it is. <laughs> if, I, if I walked to the Sandlot right now, I'd have a coronary in 30, 30 steps. Well, you'll be our same as you. We got to do victory formation. We're getting clocked out here. Hit it up. We are getting clocked out. All right, guys. Uh, once again, I want to thank all of our listeners for, t- for listening tonight. I want to thank our special guest, uh, Dr. John F. Murray, top sports psychologist in the United States, uh, Marcus Martin from Slippery Rock University, uh, Mr. Everything in Division II football. I uh, want to thank our listeners uh, for, for, uh, for tuning in. And I also want to thank our sponsor, uh, Piranha Grill, Caleb, over in, Caleb and Ty over at Piranha Grill. I want to say thank you to those guys for uh, taking care of us today and sponsoring the show, uh, 241 North U.S. Highway 1 in Ormond Beach, Florida. Please give them a visit. Uh, Doc, any final words for you? Uh, no, no, that, that's, that'll do it. All right. From, from me, I want to thank the Doc, Sean, and also JZL. Uh, for being a part of the show, and uh, we'll see you next week. This that slum dog, millionaire, Bollywood flowing up. My real friends never hear it from me. Fake friends write the wrong answers on the mirror for me. That's why I pick and choose. I don't get shit confused. Don't like my women single. I like my chicks and tools. And these days, all the girls are down the road. I hit the strip club and all them bitches trying to fall. Plus, I've been sipping, so this shit is moving kind of slow. Just tell my girl to tell a friend that it's time to go.